the Go Radio Football Show, keeping you up to date as the build-up to the new season begins. Let's go! And the countdown to Euros 2024 is surely on now after Scotland's 2-0 win against Georgia last night. The longest day is today, but the longest night, Stephen McGinn, must have been at Hamden Park. Did you ever think it was going to end? Do you think they're going to stop it? What a night it was. Yeah, a night of mixed emotions, uh, a long night. Really, I got to credit the Tartan Army last night, especially the ones with kids. It must have been such a long night and not to lose their, their passion and every time the players kind of come back out they would give them rousing re- reception as like a different type of reception for the Georgian boys when they came out eventually um, but it was just a, an amazing night and so so different from what I thought going into the game I thought this was a must win game for Scotland and one of these nights the crowd are going to need to be up for it and it might be a late goal it was just such a controlled performance so comfortable uh, actually against a, a good side that have not lost a lot of uh, football matches recently it could have been 3-4 now. Maximum points after the four games. We've never done that before. Four in a row on the way to a tournament winning every single one. Yeah, and, and after the game you're sitting with the, the league table out yeah. and you're yeah. trying to work out ways that could possibly go wrong. And <laughs> and it's just our yeah. way and, and, yeah. and you're thinking they've actually it's amazing. what I know the three home games but to win in Norway, um, to beat Spain clean sheet beat Georgia with a clean sheet it's uh, an amazing start to the tournament What was the chat afterwards then so your brother John you saw some of the players you were there uh, with the family how did John feel was he relief was he like this is a crazy night I didn't I've not direct, directly spoke to John I spoke to a few of the, the, the other players after I think there's a, the, the mix of the, the buzz of what they've just achieved in terms of with Scotland and what a position they've put themselves up to, to get to Germany but also that the, the buzz that comes as a player at the end of a very grueling season they're now that's a hard work done and they can go and enjoy especially what they've done recently with Scotland What is it about these players? The, the atmosphere among them is unique the camaraderie I've never seen anything like it have you? I mean I, I've been in dressing rooms club dressing rooms it's more of a club thing yeah. I, I've played in dressing rooms where there's a, a respect amongst and, and you do the job and you try to win the Saturday I've played in dressing rooms where it seems to be what the Scotland dressing room is where you socialise together you love spending time together you're playing with your friends they look from with a group that come from all different areas of the, of the country playing different teams in England rivalries in terms of Celtic Rangers and what the boys have to deal with in that rivalry they, they just put it to the side and they are like a club side and John, I spoke to John Sunday and um, they've just recently added James Morrison to the setup, um, replacing yeah. Stephen Naismith and one of the first things he commented on to John was just the spirit. He said, look, he said I played in a good Scotland team, played with a lot of top players. He says, but we kind of just tended to train, eat our meals, go to our rooms, come back for a meeting, go to our rooms. He says, you just want to hang about together all the time. I said, he says, it's almost yeah. like a stag do with the nights out of the beer. He said, he's just, yeah. yeah, just sitting, <laughs> socialising. And I think they have built that over time and it just stinks of it. It looks like that. It looks like a group of pals wanting to get to this huge tournament in Germany next year. Let's hear from you. If you were at the game last night, if you want to speak to Stephen McGinn, 08, 08 17, 17 700, or join the conversation at Go Football Show as you're swinging something there. No, it's coffee you're having as well because you're back. You're pre-season training already, Captain of Falkirk. Can't believe I've only saw you. I saw you a couple of weeks ago, but you've had the family holiday. You're back, you're training. And it's, I mean... Your brother is now, that's him going in the summer break now. Yeah, I mean, the schedules are, I mean, a lot of it's to do with the, the addition of the group section with the League Cup. Yeah. 
which I think has been a great thing. It's good for clubs. I think there's a, a good mix between the competitive feel instead of kind of pre-seasons. I'm all for it, but what it does bring, obviously, is a shorter break. And and as you say, we are starting before some other players are, are finishing. So it is, it's the nature of it. And um, I can't say I've loved my first week back so far, but um, yeah. we're getting there. Got a call earlier from Jim White was on. I thought, well, he's on air at that point, but he wasn't. So he's up at Glen Eagles and it's Andy Robertson's charity day, AR26. I take it some of the players are there with Andy. Yeah, well, I know it's um, my dad's going on. He's yeah. playing as part of John's four ball and he's been talking about it for weeks. So the, the day finally yeah. came today and the sun came out for it and I hope a lot of money was raised for, for a brilliant cause. Because it looked as though he could have been at your old ground at the new Love Street playing today behind closed doors. I'll find out a bit more from you, I've never seen anything like it. I thought Emma Dodds did really well uh, on Viaplay. I know you wouldn't see it when you got home. I mean, what time did you get back? One o'clock? Five, five to one, we walked five, in the door. Five to yeah. one, there you are. We're keeping an eye on you here on the Go Radio Football Show. It's Paul Cooney with Stephen McGinn, fresh from the longest day, as it was yesterday for Scotland, but it's worth it. 12 points after the first four games. Scotland, uh, top of the table, then Georgia on four points. Norway also on four after their win against Cyprus. Spain on three, Cyprus on no points. Right, let's hear... As your calls come in, 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Shall we hear from the manager, Steve Clark, about that amazing night? Apart from the birth of my three children, I think the longest, the longest day of my life. <laughs> nah, there, there was moments where it was quite surreal. The, the worst one was, I think, after the first stoppage, everyone was getting ready, warming up inside. You go out warm up, lads, you're going to start again in 15 minutes. And the two teams got in the tunnel and it was absolutely tipping it down again. <laughs> And that was that was when you start thinking maybe maybe we don't start. So look, we dealt with it mentally. I think the the players were great. In and out, in and out, in and out. Warm up, wait, warm up, wait. But I have to mention the fans. Fans were magnificent. It's be easy for them to get a little bit down, a little bit uh, a little bit thinking about going home because the game could have been called off. They stayed every time we went to the pitch. They got behind us. They cheered. They lifted the lads. So. All the volunteers that got the, the brushes and the brooms and everything to get the water off the pitch, you got to say thank you to, because eventually we've, we've come out with a, another massive three points and 12 points to win to win the group is, is, is a fantastic start. 12 points to lead the group, I should have said, because we haven't won it yet. Next one, Cyprus away September the 8th. Then we've got the friendly with England on the 12th and then Spain. October the 12th, uh, friendly after that against uh, France. The last game is Norway at Hamden. Are you making plans for next summer? Because I know James here already, uh, he's booked uh, He's booked a place in Germany and booked tickets, flights. Brilliant. Not not quite as confident as uh, James yet, but it's lovely even that slip of the tongue from Steve Clark. We think yeah. a group with the Nation League's winner, yeah. Spain. Sure. After four games, you can even allow yourself to have a slip of the tongue about winning the group which is yeah. uh, I think it just shows you how far we've came the record books will show it was Callum McGregor in 6 minutes and then in 47 minutes it was Scott McTominay but that was almost that was an hour and a half later wasn't it in fact more than that a couple of hours later game kicked off at quarter to 8 6 minutes was played and then afterwards they went for it looked like a VAR check at first we now realise it was the uh, torrential rain it was biblical what was it like actually being there because that wasn't that far away and Hamden, it was unique. The amount of was it six days of rain fell in what an hour? Yeah, so, so something happened to me just my, my, in my day. We obviously trained in the morning with Falkirk, glorious day through in Falkirk. Yeah. In the afternoon, we got hit with a downpour like that, mm -hmm. and and it was like that from the heavens, lashing it down for twenty minutes. And as we were going to the game, I was kind of talking to my mum and explaining. See that way you kind of you're telling a story and you're thinking 
she doesn't believe me how bad it was. Yeah. And then when it comes down to Hamden, I'm saying, that's what that's what happened. But I think when the warm-up's happening, probably from the stand, the, the buzz of talking what might happen, yeah. you probably don't appreciate how bad it's getting on the pitch. But within probably 30 seconds to a minute of the game, you're thinking, oh, this, is, this isn't going ahead. And I, I actually have a, a lot of sympathy for the Georgian boys and the manager because yeah. I do, I, I think, I think, they get letting it get to the point where there was a goal in the game. Mm-hmm. I think if Georgia, I think the one that the, the ball stops, um, dead. Yeah, yeah, they had a I chance think, which should have just gone past the post and didn't. I yep. think if that goes in, in such a vital game, I mean, yep. Georgia, that, that was a six pointer for Georgia as well to try and qualify, mm-hmm. um, which they haven't obviously done for a long time. And if they go 1 0 up, you're thinking, how did the referee let that? Yep get to the point where Georgia score a goal um, and Stevie Clark at that point I think also thought he he, yeah. he was waving his hands saying no finish um, so I think if they called it at maybe five minutes at 0-0 zero, zero, yeah. we'll go in we restart the game yeah. I, I do think it's fair and it, but, but I do think as it's going on I think we were speaking we, we think the Scottish boys might handle it better I mean even when the game actually finished I checked the local time in Tbilisi and what it time? was 20 past 2 in the morning wow so I think with all that told, all the home advantage in yeah. terms of the um, maybe having all the, the staff, maybe a bit of food and sure. energy on board. And that's board. where their body clock is then, isn't it? 20 yeah. past two in the morning. So I, I did think, and with the, the goal advantage, I mean, yeah. on a night like that, to mm. go and chase a win in, in what is now a, a tough venue for teams mm. to go to, which is great to, to say, um, I did feel for them a little bit, but um, obviously who cares? Here's a, bit from, <laughs> here's a bit more Stevie Clark about his what he was saying to the players. Thank you. Thanked him for their efforts, thanked him for 12 points, told him to enjoy themselves and see you in September. <laughs> what was he thinking earlier when he saw, and he was part of it, that weather was um, just unbelievable? That's when the, the game should have been stopped. It was, it was pretty obvious from kickoff that, that the pitch wasn't ready. Now they've, they've got a time limit. We're looking at the weather. You know it's going to dry up. It's only a shower. Big shower, mind. Heavy shower. But you know it's going to dry up. So that would have been the logical time to call it. Or maybe not even start it and just delay the delay the kickoff. Obviously, the whole dynamic changes once there's a goal in the game. Uh, they want it stopped. We don't. It's normal. If they had scored, they wouldn't have wanted the game stopped. Thankfully, it dried up. Everybody did their job, and for me, the best part is our players did their job. You can tell he's an airshipman. He called it just a shower. <laughs> it was crazy. It's a phenomenal performance by Scotland. They are relentless, aren't they, Stephen? It's just incredible. They they don't seem to fear anything. No, and and as I said, the, the performances and everything just keeps getting better. And mm. um, I think even probably over the last two games, in terms of even the defensive structure, Tierney obviously having to go off. Liam Cooper is used last night. John Souter comes on. There just seems to be a trust in in the system. And there's a lot of good players, as you say. The, the, the subs that are coming on. Um, you, you're, you're getting some of the best players from from big clubs. Uh, Rangers subs coming on. Billy Gilmore comes on the other night yep. who, who plays for Brighton finishing top six in the English Premier League it's a standard of the squad we've got good players at good clubs they had a penalty right at the end I mean even if they had scored it was uh, into stoppage time but the no, man I'm not, himself I'm not sure about that Gavarit Skellia um, I'm, still, I'm still looking at the watch thinking this, this maybe Were two you? or three minutes okay. to go here yeah. and just especially to, after the, Oslo yeah, just the, the nature of yeah, just the nature of how Saturday's game had gone and the importance of well, you're actually not even. You're actually you've got it banked. You're thinking we're on twelve mm-hmm. points, comfortable win. 
then it go, if it goes to two one, just that the nervousness and you, you just never know as as we showed in Nor- uh, Oslo. Sure, yeah. Kavarit Skelia stepped up. What's the word about the player himself? What did you think of him? The Napoli star, one of the best in the world. They're saying he will be. He's only what twenty two. What did you make of him last night? Watching him close up. Yeah, I mean he's a superstar. I think yeah. uh, we 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 saw, we saw that Ibrox earlier in the season. Yeah. I thought he was uh, the best player in the park by a mile that night at Ibrox. I thought he probably. He's playing for Georgia. The expectation of him, he's not get any the Napoli players around him. He probably tried to dribble past one player too many last night. But at the same time, I thought Aaron Hucky, uh, he was he was great last night yeah. again. Um, any sort of joy. I mean, your left hand side were great, but a lot of the crosses coming in seemed to be from the Georgian right side. So he, Aaron Hickey, guess has to be given a lot of credit because he did his job really well. He did. Let's hear more from the manager talking about his group of players who are top of the table. Well, they're pretty decent when they went on a nine-game unbeaten run to qualify for the Euro 2020s. It's, it's an evolution. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I've said it before. I'm probably different to all you guys because I don't think about things like that. I just think about what we can do to be better, what we can do to get more points. That's all I want to do. I want to help the I want to help the players to be as good as they can be, and if they do that and they qualify for tournaments, then I might even smile. And Stephen, what was John? What were the players saying afterwards? What about the fans? I know we always talk about the Scotland fans, the Tartan Army, the importance. But my goodness, last night they really played their part. They kept up such noise, such great spirit. They booed when the Georgians were refusing to come out when they came back onto the field. It was quite a performance. No, it was amazing. As I said, there's a lot of, I mean, one of the great things about the national team is um, there's a lot of families go to the games. So I I, I know from um, some cousins I had there with with young children how tough it was during that break to keep them settled and, and everything. So amazing effort from the fans. The players, um, I mean, it, it, it was half empty when the players usually would go to do the lap of honour, that type of, yeah. uh, but I, th- I think they totally appreciated the need for people to get home. And I think when you see, I think it was maybe 50 odd minutes into the game, the police message mm-hmm. that the last train yeah. get to Mount Florida mm-hmm. is at two minutes to 12, just yeah. how late it was. And sure. there's a lot of the Scotland fans from out with Glasgow needing to make connection, connecting trains and buses. So just a, a huge effort from everyone all around. But... Um, no hangover can can stop that table from how good it looks this morning. Absolutely. Yeah, well done, Scott Real. I think they worked on later until midnight. But it's tough for people getting home uh, from Hamden. Um, but any game, nobody could have foreseen that we'd be delayed for, for so long. I mean, it, it did look at the time, this is this game's going to be delayed till tomorrow, especially because there was a goal in it. So obviously the Georgians didn't want to play then and you could I, see that. I think because, I mean, there isn't, there isn't really a kind of nobody can control the weather there's not a mm. this is going to go off in 20 minutes and you were getting so many different mixed messages the St Myrne one just came from absolutely nowhere yeah, to yeah. the point where actually I'm texting people at St Myrne saying right see if this goes can I get into that <laughs> you <laughs> would have been there to watch yeah. The game. Um, yeah. but anyway I mean I don't know where that came from and um, but just thankfully with all the delays all the kind of mixed messages we eventually got there and got the three points what was required we certainly did yeah Callum McGregor the goal in six minutes I heard them saying as well the keeper should he have done better there was a sea of bodies in front of him not to mention a sea I, I just thought I, I mean the, the rain ultimately hits it high um, the rain doesn't but I think it kind of stopped it perfectly from a player of Callum McGregor's quality when the, when the ball falls to him like that with that close to goal it's going to be hard to stop and I thought he was excellent again mm-hmm. Cal McGregor I thought him and Billy Gilmer were excellent but uh, what a performance from Scott McTominay wow. he, he, he's hit a level now with Scotland at, 
obviously he's playing for Man United he's a mm. top player but he, I think he's he's broke through his ceiling that maybe we all thought he had for Scotland he, he's, he's becoming uh, an absolutely unbelievable Scotland player and, and doing it against Spain last uh, a yeah. couple of months ago and mm. now doing it against Norway and Georgia he's um, I think he's in the form of his life and only only the keeper stopped it being two because he remember he scored he almost scored keeper just touched it round the post that's his fifth goal in this campaign it's incredible yeah, I mean, and 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 kind of the way I think probably fresh off the back of the Spain game, mm-hmm. I think when it when you watch his go back, it's such a difficult technique on your bad foot to to score near post. But he's probably, as I said, he's just playing with such a, a confidence. I think Steve Clark, um, obviously that spirit amongst the players, but I think Steve Clark is getting the best out of all these players. When I played against Steve Clark's Kilmarnock team mm-hmm. with St Mirren, I thought that the players were outperforming. Every single player was outperforming. I mean, there's a lot of good players in that command team, but every single one of them was playing at the absolute top of their game. And it was almost impossible to beat them when when every player on the team, and I'm thinking, how can they all play really well every time? So, I don't know what Steve Clark does, but he's, he's did it with Kilmarnock and now he's doing it again with Scotland. Earlier, in fact, they kicked off at the same time as you know, but the Norway game finished... Ages before the Scotland game finished. 3-1 win for then against Cyprus. Cyprus scored right at the end. And a double from Haaland. What, what did you make of him at the weekend? Did, did he party too much along with your pal? No, I, your pal, of course, being I Jack think, Grealish. I th- yeah. I, yeah, I think it was tough. I think it was tough for all the, the, the boys in the Champions League to go to internationals yeah. so soon. Um, I think... I think the high-profile celebrations come with... Um, I think everyone must celebrate like that when they win the Champions League, but I yeah. think it's tough to have. But, I mean, he was a constant threat and mm-hmm. Saturday was... I mean, you're, you're always wary of that one ball. I think all the hearts in their mouth, the one uh, Jack Henry pulls him down in, in the halfway line with VAR, everything. But he is just so dangerous and he's... Um, obviously gets his goal but I think I think it was just a reminder of how good the result that was for us on Saturday I know the performance wasn't there but to dig out the result because Haaland's goals can just take games away from from teams his goals take him away from Cyprus again tonight a com- uh, last night another comfortable victory for Norway so that's going to be a tough game at home but just hopefully we'll get ourselves in that position where it doesn't really matter It's the Go Radio Football Show it's the Wednesday evening edition longest day it is can you believe it Stephen that's the longest day of the year 21st, the summer solstice. The, it can't feel any longer than yesterday. <laughs> I agree. That was the longest, but it worked out. 2-0 Scotland, 12 points from the first four games. Stephen McGinn is here. 0808 17 17 700. The Go Radio Football Show, bringing you the latest transfer news as the countdown to the new season gets underway. Let's go! You can see the Scotland captain, Andy Roxburgh, there. We mentioned it for his charity, AR26, doing a lot. They're doing the kilt walk as well and the STV Children's Appeal helping there so it's a big day there Stephen were you tempted to go along to that one it's, I mean it's a sort of day yep. I'm, I'm terrible at golf I don't I don't play it yeah. often yeah. It's, but it's a type of day you do think I wonder if you could get the sticks out and try and get involved here's someone who is always involved in fact he's gone viral in the last few days I saw you this afternoon yeah. on Sky Sports it's Stephen Reside Stephen good evening how are we doing guys I, I, great I won't ask how you are take it away <laughs> Ask me just in the house for Hamden last week. So, um, but no, listen, fantastic. Um, we got the result, and, and that's all that matters. Yeah. How was it for you? So you were you in the north stand? Yeah. Yeah, I was in the north stand, and I could see for the minute that I ended up the stadium, but I, I, I didn't see how the game could have been completed the minute it kicked off, because obviously I've got a view of the full pitch. Yeah. There was just, there was water coming up everywhere. Um. 
and I didn't even celebrate the first goal. There you go, I didn't move because there was, like, there was no way this game sees 90 minutes. Wow. So, uh, in Honestly, my mind yeah. at that time, I was thinking wow. um, we're coming back tomorrow. Uh, but credit to the ground staff and even the ball boys in the field yeah. um, for, for, for getting the pitch playable. I was watching for you, Stephen, again, coming on, getting your chance. Because everyone got tore in, it was great, wasn't it? I mean, at, at, at first, when there was only, I think there was only six or seven on brushing the, the park, and you're thinking, see if they offered the Tartan Army here a yeah. brush each. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, the water will be off the park in no time, especially yeah. that it's 1-0. But I, Stephen's probably better with the rules than me. I'm probably thinking, with the, getting the goal, while the game was crazy, gives us such a leg up for if the game does get replayed. I didn't know how it worked, what the rules would be if the game was to kick off the next day. In my head, I'm thinking we might start 1 0 up. So Nobody was too sure about it. I definitely no, I celebrated. I think, it, I think yeah. it starts 0 0 again. Right. If it's the following day. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure it still starts 0 0. Yeah. What um, about the performance itself then, Stephen? You're right. I, I thought this isn't going to happen then after a while when it was going on and the Georgians are in the dressing room and you know you get annoyed about it, but you understand it because they're a goal down. Um, they just were. The preparation of the Scottish team. Stephen was a bit special, wasn't it? The way they stayed focused, stayed warm, stayed up for it. It shows you the, the mentality that this squad's got. Yeah. I mean, uh, to remain in the zone, if you like, you see, you see the job, and I think that's the best thing that happened for us was that they've lost their heads, although I don't think they would have been complaining as much if the game was stopped at 0 now. I think the fact that we were 1 0 up and just strengthened their hand and wanted to, to get the game cancelled and abandoned to the next day, but uh, that played right into our hands. I mean, that's us saying Rodri home crying now. Uh, we've done it with Odegaard and Howland and we've done it with the job the coach as well. Everybody <laughs> loves a wee moan when uh, the players so it's becoming no Scotland, no Queenex, never mind no Scotland, no party. <laughs> so um but no I I'm just delighted to see to see the team playing so well and mm. we're, we're all bought in Germany now. Where did you do the interview on Sky last night? I take it that was I could see it this afternoon. Yeah. Where were you? Just at the Beechwood, to the Beechwood. Oh, okay. I know so the Beechwood. Stephen McGinn, yeah, do you know I the Beechwood? Yeah, I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. yeah, it was such... But look at it, you're in the sunshine. And then a couple of hours later, it's crazy. It's like Noah's Ark was well, needed. Honestly, there was only there was only about, I think, what, 40 minutes of rain. And we were going to the stadium, we just left the pub. Mm-hmm. And there was this downpour, and I'm just about to get under the concourse at the north stand. Yeah. And somebody told me that the lift in the north stand was broke. So I'm thinking, how do we get in? Yeah. So I've had to go up a ramp around the, the south stand, mm-hmm. this, um, sorry, the west stand where this monsoon comes down on top of it, and the rain was just getting heavier and heavier and heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the thunder started, but uh, it's m- remarkable. That, that we managed to finish that game I think I was just as uh, Stephen was touching on just kind of the the facilities I bumped into a member of staff at, at Hamden and he'd said that there was maybe nine or ten kiosks could shut down and it might even be a police take it I mean if there was if the Scotland fans hadn't yeah. handled that well and as I said there's a lot with, with kids and people needing it so th- it just shows you how patient the Tartan Army were and, and probably the priority for everyone was just stay calm here do yeah. everything we can cheer yeah. every time the ball bounces to get this game on and played Stephen we know we're not through yet but it, we can't throw it away now can we Stephen recite uh, it would be the most Scotland thing ever that we did. I'm just conditioned to Scotland being, but 
I said it on the TV last night. I'll say it again. I think there's something different about this team. I just I think this team's got the ability to continue making history. I mean, we made history last night, the first time ever in our history that we've won four group games on the bounce. And I said it last night. I'll say it again. I firmly believe that if we get to a major finals, that this team can get us out of a group and we can have a run. Here's the manager speaking about the players and the mentality. Says that they want to keep improving. Uh, I spoke after they qualified for Euro 2020 that the group would improve for the tournament experience. They did. Last June was disappointing. Two big games that, that we didn't play our best in. We've all gone away. Credit to my coaching staff, the, the medical staff, the sports science people. We, we tweaked a little bit the, the preparation for this one. And it seems to work because we've managed to pick up two valuable wins in, in June, which we can add to two valuable wins in, in March. So we start with four, and now we have to, everyone has to go away now, enjoy the summer, relax, uh, get the pre-season in, and come September, I'll be saying, let's make it five, guys. Yep, September the 8th, the game with Cyprus. Stephen, you're going to be in Germany, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. I don't I don't think um, I'll miss that. Uh, I'm actually debating going to Spain as well. Right. I think yeah. the time that we get there in October, that'll be us qualified in. And honestly, I don't think we need to fear anything going away there either. Mm-hmm. I honestly get the feeling that, that we can beat anyone at the minute. It's just great to be able to say that. Is that I game in Seville? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's in Seville, so I'm fine in Madrid so I can get the flights a wee bit cheaper and then sure. just head to Seville. For Have that. you been to Seville, Stephen, before? No, I've oh, not been It's to Seville, absolutely brilliant. I was there with Scotland years ago, for, you know, many years ago, and it's a brilliant city university city I mean the Rangers fans the Celtic fans haven't really seen it because there was you know 80,000 of both sets of fans in 2003 and last year you will love Seville Stephen you've been there yeah no no, no I've not what? been there no no but as I say I've spoke to people who did the Celtic trap spoke to people who yeah. did the Rangers trap obviously the Rangers stadium experience wasn't great but they both spoke about what an amazing city is and well worth a visit Stephen Reside, great to hear from you. And uh, what's your media schedule today? So you go radio, Sky Sports <laughs> News. <laughs> oh, Stephen. I've got a day off. I've got a day off today. Yeah. Hopefully something comes up soon. Though. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and Big Van Veen's away. So I see he said that he loved his time with you. It's about £700,000. We spoke about it in the show the other night with you. So off to Groningen. And he goes with your best wishes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, 40 goals in 82 games and I'm a little shot that it's a great return. So, um, listen, it's just about us replacing them now and, and that's what we've done over the years. We've done it with Moult, done it with Higdon uh, and my team support Mullow, we've always replaced strikers and we just need to do it again. I mean, I'm well aware of where Mullow are in the market and, and I know that Kevin would have wanted to move back home. So, it goes with nothing but uh, my best wishes and I'm just looking forward to see who we bring in then? Stephen, thanks a million. Great to hear you. Talk to you soon. Thanks, Stephen. Cheers. Cheers, well, guys. Bye bye. Thank you, Stephen. Recite. It has gone viral, hasn't he? He was on the show the other night. He was saying it as well. What it's uh, what has done for him the Scotland performance in Oslo, and then last night as well, Scotland winning against Georgia. Rainy day in Georgia. It's a song before. Do you know it, Stephen? Yeah, I've heard the. You've heard that. I know it's before your time. And I thought that last night, rainy day in Glasgow 0808 17 17 700 lots of calls coming in for Stephen McGinn the Falkirk captain who's 
in pre-season training already and we're still in June only June the 21st did you enjoy did you, were you in Mallorca Brendan Rodgers were you there with him were you involved in this deal <laughs> no unfortunately I didn't um, I wasn't in the restaurant where that, that happened But what do you make of it he's the new Celtic manager three year deal I, as I said when it first started to break um, probably at the first you're thinking I can't really see it happening there's been all this chat about Brendan wanting to take a sabbatical and but I think Michael Nicholson getting over the line, I think, I mean, a lot a lot's spoken about the way Brendan Rodgers left and it, it wasn't ideal the way he left, when he left, how he left, who he went to. But I think with the way even Nange Postacoglu leaves, what is, I mean, the Celtic fans want an elite manager or someone that's going to go to every home and away game after they retire. Brendan Rodgers is an elite manager. He is the best man for the job. In, t- in terms of that list, he's, he's the standout name on that list um, when you think of I mean the rumours it looked like maybe Enzo Maresca mm. who's one managerial job lasted about three months in Italy Yeah, Parma just didn't happen for him yeah compared yeah. to a manager that a couple of years ago beat the recently the, the team that just won the Champions League in an FA Cup final yeah. 1-0 I mean he's an elite manager from speaking to, pl- to players at Celtic that, that worked with him at Celtic mm. they, they spoke about the standards going through the roof mm. Um just everything everything about the way he ran the club there was just such a high level and everyone loved playing under him and and I'm sure the guys the Celtic guys are absolutely delighted I bet some of them can't believe their luck that um, as much as Ange Postecoglou is a top manager that they are getting Brendan Rodgers back because the emotion of how he left and stuff like that they are what does that mean to Kyogo and Rio Hatate and Jota they're getting a manager now that's proven he did it in his first spell at Celtic that he can come in and make players better. And people are realising they come and they move on. Even Ange, who every Celtic fan loves, loved or whatever, he's moved on quickly. At the end of the season, absolutely, they won the treble. But you reckon the players will be the, the Callum McGregors and you know the, the players who know him, James Forrest, who've worked under him. Because I remember it was such a shift, wasn't it? When he came in, the standards at Celtic, he's an elite manager. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what they always spoke about. I mean, just he kept driving it forward. And I think, obviously, the the, way, the season he left, I mean, there was rumblings about would he go, I think he was linked with China. Mm-hmm. There was all that kind of, all the noise around the AEK Athens uh, yeah. result. Sure. I mean, Celtic should never have lost that game. They, they, they had the better team, they had a better manager than AEK mm-hmm. Athens. They just weren't prepared for the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that season, there just seemed to be something off. So when he left... But if, if he's coming back with assurance that he believes he can better the job he did in terms of taking Celtic to the next level in Europe, continue the dominance in Scotland, then I think there's a lot to be excited about for Celtic fans. Well, the terminado phrase came up from him and it was around the time that your brother John, many people thought he was going to sign for Celtic. The Celtic fans were expecting it, hoping for it, and it didn't happen. And things changed then. The feeling was he wasn't backed. The manager wasn't backed the way you would have expected him to, to kick on. Yeah, I mean, obviously, John's a kind of high-profile one. I know John doesn't like that getting brought up. Obviously, names like Fabian Schaar, who yeah. now at Newcastle. Yeah. I mean, what would it cost mm-hmm. to go and sign him? Wow. Thomas Castagna, yeah. Timothy Castagna, that's now yeah. at Leicester. Mm-hmm. Been great for Leicester. He's going to get a big move off the back. Obviously, Leicester dropping out of the league. But also, I think, the way Celtic have done business, I mean, it can't just be kind of engine the transfer market. Someone, there's, there's people doing their jobs well at Celtic over the last year or two. I think when when Ange himself spoke about not getting emotionally attached to players like Juranovic to Jakimakis because 
it's the right time for them to move on whether financially or for the players they want to move Celtic are now in a, in a they're in a position where they seem to be doing business more of a strategic way in terms of emotionally I, th- I think it was one of the reasons it cost them their kind of 10 in a row in terms of holding on to players a year too late just totally focus, focusing themselves on the emotion of, of everything that entailed that now they want to push on and make Celtic better I mean it can't just be the, the dominance no. at some point they have to start doing better in Europe Mark Lowell of course is he's effectively head of recruitment isn't he um, so he is still there at Celtic today in London the Norwegian Odin Thiago Holm has been there for apparently a Celtic medical um, 20 year old joining Celtic it looks like it the first signing under Brendan Roger from Val Arenga what do you think what do you know about him I don't know I, I, I'm probably like this, everyone else where the, the name comes up you start watching yep. clips of him and, and he seems to be a bit see? of a showman he, yeah. he likes his flicks and his tricks um, I think it's, it's part of the model um, signing young players I think they've now got a coach and a manager as I said I, I, know, I know he takes a lot of stick for for maybe some transfers he did in his later mm-hmm. spell at Celtic yep. but he, he he makes players better that's a fact yeah. I mean what he did at, when he first went in Liverpool uh, the first year or two he made players better I think Luis Suarez, Suarez spoke about him recently about yeah. how he made him a world class striker mm-hmm. um, yeah. so I mean every young as I said there's a, all the Japanese players aren't just going to go because Angie's gone mm-hmm. I, I spoke about it guys like Jota um, Thiago if he comes in mm-hmm. he's wanting to come in to work, uh, play for a manager that he believes will make him better mm-hmm. What do you think is going to happen with the Japanese players? Kyogo for example player of the year by every measurement top scorer uh, speaking on international duty he said uh, my ambition to win all three trophies has happened and he now said I want to have a long rest and think about things after that I'm delighted I was able to end a great season for me on a high that's what he said Dyson Maida spoke as well he said he wants to be indispensable to the new boss um, so do you think is Kyogo going to the Tottenham Stadium? Um, well I mean if Harry Kane isn't allowed to leave Tottenham yeah. then why would you go to Tottenham? because Harry Kane's always going to play it's one of those very different though aren't they? I know that I, I do. I, I do gather they're different, but I mean, Harry Kane. If I mean if Harry Kane, Kane leaves and and Ange's desperate for Kyogo and they want to pay the the money Celtic are looking for, yes, it could happen. But I, th- I think in I mean isolation, I think Dyson Maida, Rio Hatate, and Kyogo are permanent fixtures of the the Japanese national team now, which wasn't the case even six months ago. So I think they've taken their game on to a level where, especially Kyogo and Rio Hatate, where they're now starting for, for Japan so I don't think you can say that Celtic's holding them back in that aspect it's probably how they want to to see their, their careers I think Rio Hatate will want to move to the big leagues he's 25 yeah. at some point but Kyogo's 28 mm-hmm. I mean he's playing for a club the fans love him he seems to love the club He's he gets lots of opportunities he's playing at the highest level in Europe in the Champions League um, I don't I don't particularly see him as one that has to go I think um, there's more chance of uh, Hatati I think Hatati and to Tottenham maybe do you think Ange would take him there I, I mean would he fit in it's there? purely a guess because yep. Ange gives nothing away in yep. terms of and, and and every manager apart from Ange has favourites Ange doesn't seem to have favourites I mean who, no, who knows know. yeah. who knows who he could take from I mean there's there's guys like Carter Vickers Alistair Johnson um, top players that, that he might come in for you just never know um, Celtic fans won't want us speculating on no. the 
especially Carter Vickers untouchable although isn't it ironic he came from Tottenham a couple of years ago couldn't, couldn't get a game there at all but my goodness he's been phenomenal quick break and then we're back with Stephen McGinn the Go Radio Football Show bringing you the latest transfer news as the countdown to the new season gets underway let's go Go Radio Football Show Paul Cooney coming from the heart of Glasgow this time last night we were getting ready for Scotland against Georgia we didn't know that the monsoon was going to hit that part of the south side and the game lasted well what Stephen McGinn a 2-0 win for Scotland that's the main thing 12 points after 4 games so we kicked off 7.45 and finished at what time was it 11 11.20 I remember wow. when the game restarted it was 20-10 to 10. Yeah. and you're kind of working it yeah. that would have been the exact, almost the exact minute the game would have finished um, and on a school night 2-0 yeah. win it'd been lovely to be home 10 o'clock before a double session today if the manager's listening exactly but you were the designated driver so you weren't celebrating with the players and the families afterwards no yeah. unfortunately I was uh, taking my mum who was desperate to see our, our son so we had to wait until John came up oh, you've always got to wait and see the, the family member haven't you <laughs> at the end of the game whether or not you want to no I was half tempted I mean yeah. my brother Paul he, um, he, he didn't have babysitter for the full night so he had to leave before the game restarted he just went home and watched the game on the t- TV unfortunately Scotland, of course, getting that uh, win. And it's one of those games, Stephen, people will be saying, where are you at the match? Where are you there that night? Yeah, and what did you do for the other half to, yeah. um, to to waste some time? But I think I think it didn't feel, it probably didn't feel as big a gap because there genuinely felt like something happening every kind of 15 minutes. Yeah. There was always this, sure. they're going to have another pitch inspection in 15 minutes mm. and, and maybe half an hour, the players are going to come back out. Then the players would reappear for 15 minutes. So... It probably allowed... I mean, if if they'd said, we're going to reassess this in two hours, probably every parent around the stadium says, right, now we need to go home. Yeah. But I think, I think the kind of the tease of this might happen kept everyone kind of on their toes. And the DJ did well, didn't he? Why does it always rain on me? The Travis song, people sang to... The, the fans were was, brilliant. I mean, it yeah. was amazing. The, the probably one shame, I mean, it was a brilliant yeah. bit of humour from the DJ. The one bit of shame, obviously I totally understand why it, was, it wasn't full at the end, but if there had been a full stadium oh, and yeah. they played that, yeah. it would have been one for the ages, but... Uh, yeah good banter from the DJ and watching on the telly I saw I thought I said earlier Emma Dodds did really well Connie McLaughlin as well and you used to work with both of them at the start of their careers and I felt for them you know this is just going on and on what's going to happen and you mentioned uh, Paisley tomorrow you know for today the game might be on what's the scoreline what's going to happen and they went on and on they're contending with the weather it was uh, it was a unique broadcast yeah we, we spoke about that and it, it came obviously come on the television that the, yeah. and, and Alan Hutton who is a friend of John from the time at Aston Villa yeah, of course, yeah. and the Hutton family went out to Norway obviously with Alan working and in Scotland and, and John's fiance they're, they're good friends so just speaking about Alan Hutton, having to speak about it constantly for a, for an hour and a half, what a yeah. tough gig it is. <laughs> uh, we've just got an hour tonight with Stephen McGinn. This was Stevie Clark afterwards. And when he was asked about, right, what about the next game, Cyprus? Well, I'll just concentrate on the next game. I think we've done great to get 12 points for the first four games. I don't think there's anyone in this room that would have said, we'll, we'll go into the summer camp with 12. We've got 12, so that's magnificent. But we know we still need a, we need a few more points. We don't know what we need. So we focus on the next game and we try to win. Yeah, because the first four have been record-breaking. We knew, looking at the campaign, the, the, the way the fixtures had panned out for us, three home games and a, a tough trip to Norway, so we were looking at that and saying, let's get as many points as we can so that we're in contention going into the second half, which is three difficult away games and a, a tough home game against Norway. So we knew we had to get a good points tally. I don't think anyone would, would, have, would have said 12, 
but we'll take it. Eh? We certainly will. It's been uh, such a special time. The only um, thing was last summer when we should have done better in the qualifiers, shouldn't we? Just in the playoffs, rather. We should have did it, but we didn't, and they've made up since then. What's changed, do you think, since then? Um, anything in the preparations? No, I, I think I think the small details. I mean, there's a big a big part of how the, the team structure is built is having Kieran Tierney and Andy Robertson in the same team. We've not had Kieran Tierney for some of these big games. Yeah. I don't think we had him for Euro 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have him for the Ukraine qualifier. That was crucial, wasn't it? Crucial. And I think, I mean, a lot was spoke about last night with the relationship between Kieran Tierney, Andy Robertson and um, Callum McGregor. And, and just on the face of it for, for opposition teams, mm-hmm. you've got an Ars- the Arsenal player. Sure the Liverpool left back the Celtic captain I mean we've got real top players and when they're grouped together like that it's um, it's a big part of why Celtic, uh, Scotland are such a good team now and you throw in Scott McTominay as well you know when you look at it it's amazing what's going to happen with him well you think that you speak about the evolution, evolution what's maybe happened Scott McTominay for large parts of this kind of structure has been the right centre half yep. Scott McTominay's now put himself in a position where he's grabbed that midfield jersey and he says no I'm I'm your centre midfielder. I mean, you look at the competition. I mean, Billy Gomer, eh, another brilliant performance from last night. Amazing impact on Saturday. Couldn't get into the team on Saturday. He couldn't get into the starting eleven. You look at the the options he's got in there. Kenny McLean. I mean, and John said at the weekend he's very underrated. Um, probably Norwich's best player. If you get Stuart Armstrong didn't even. Get, Get on last night. Um, Ryan, Ryan Christie, Christie only gets on for a couple of minutes. Sure. You Ryan Jack yep. in there. There's just so many good players there, and, and, I, and I think I do think that is one of the big ha, keeping Kieran Tierney fit, and um, maybe Scott McTominay's move into midfield. What about Billy Gilmer? What's your take on him? Another terrific performance last night. Accomplished for somebody that's not played that much football. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the one thing is he probably never he's probably never had that regular football yeah. to deal with the. Do you know I mean not having the regular football? Mm-hmm. It's probably the way his career has been in terms of how hard is it to break through it at Chelsea with yeah, sure. every summer they just go out and spend hundreds of millions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not probably a problem he's had to contend with. What I do probably think he'll get to the stage now is he he isn't a guaranteed starter for Scotland. Hasn't been over the, over this campaign. That's just fact. Yep. Maybe his last mm-hmm. two performances he's now putting, putting himself back to that bracket. But there's such a strong... Um, group of competition in there he's got to get to himself to a position where club football he is playing regularly and it, and it becomes a thing where he is playing week in week out and that is how he's going to get better Talking Rangers uh, Malik Tillman we talked about it yesterday he's not coming but they're getting a million pounds bonus from it and they get 10% perhaps something from the sell-on so it, it felt that way that he wasn't going to come but good piece of business do you think? Yeah I mean it sounds like great business from, from when they do it in terms of having that option but they are compensated if the option's taken out, the, out their hands so good bit of business it, especially when it did seem like the, the player's heart wasn't uh, at yeah. books. I mean bags of potential did I see enough in him to to go and grab the game with the scruff of the neck in, in these Celtic Cup finals and semi-finals to say, no, you've got to go and pay five million? I'm not so sure. So they move on and it's a it's an area of the park where where they are strong. So What about uh, Rangers and Scotland? I'm thinking Lyndon Dykes. Could you see Michael Bale going and taking his former striker, bring him to Ibrox? It's one that's been long kind of linked with Rangers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I think obviously Lyndon Dykes isn't a prolific goal scorer. 
Um, I think he does a lot of his best work. I think I think I does think even um, in the game on Saturday, mm. I think when John kind of get pushed up a bit closer to him, I did I do think it helps him. I, th- I think it suits him more than the, the kind of lone striker role. So do I see him? Potentially in the future uh, at Rangers, possibly. I don't know his relationship with Michael Beale, but he definitely offers something different to what they've got. And we spoke last night about the Utrecht striker Anastasios Duvikas. £7 million bid on the way for him, and he is an out and out striker. Yeah, big money. Um, yeah. Seems to, I mean. £7 million. Yeah, it'd be big money. It'd be, I mean, you think of the St. Lammers. Um, yeah. Is he going to be the man that? Is going to be the new number nine. With the fact they're linked, they still they still seem to be looking for that main main man, that that guy that's going to take them to the next level from Alfredo Morelos. Lammers a number ten, I think. That's what your pal Barry said the other night. Barry Ferguson on here reckons he's more a, a number ten. Would you agree? Well, I mean, you, when you look at his kind of goals record, yeah. it suggests he's potentially does a lot of his best work outside the box. So, the, the Rangers have to get a number nine and want someone in the building that's going to get them the 20, 30 goals this season. Stephen Gerrard last week or the week before looked as though he was off to the Middle East and there's so much money from the Middle East going into especially English football just now but Stephen Gerrard the news today is that he's emerged as the favourite to take over as the Sheffield Wednesday boss following Darren Moore's shock sacking mutual consent last night that came in could you see Stephen Gerrard going there to Sheffield Wednesday? Yes I do I think I think to be fair to Stephen Gerrard and Frank Lampard they could easily go and sit in the Sky Studio yep. at a BT studio um, top players but they want to give it a go in management they want to have their boots on and, and win football matches so yeah I could, I could see him I mean it's a great job for someone I'm a huge club lived in Sheffield and I know what it means yeah. to the people there uh, back into the championship so yeah it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me I actually thought it was I actually thought it was done at one point to Saudi right. but the fact yeah, it's not yeah we did yeah. there was something on the you, website saying he was the new manager I mean it does, yeah. it, did, it, does it seems more up his street that kind of fire in the belly to to go and manage Sheffield Wednesday. See Arsenal close to an agreement with Chelsea over the signing of Kai Havertz, the deal worth about £65 million. Could you see that to reignite his career? Yes, and I think when I speak about managers that make players better, I think Mikel Arteta makes players better. Yeah. And I think I think we all watched um, Leverkusen against Rangers, I think just before the, the COVID break and what a good Leverkusen team was, but he was the star player. He, I mean, he, he did look world-class and, and at times he showed glimpses at Chelsea, but... I think at a more settled club with a manager, settled manager and a manager that improves players, I think he, he, he could go to another level. And back up here, St Mirren's Australian midfielder, Keanu Bacchus, a transfer target for Bolton Wonders. He's such a talented player. International, of course. Yeah, I mean, St Mirren have already lost uh, four or five important players. There'll obviously be players rumoured to believe in Keanu Bacchus. I think Ryan Strain both full internationals with, with Australia and attracting uh, attention. Um, I think Bacchus could move on this summer. Stephen Robinson's got a big job to yeah. to, to get that squad um, reinvigorated. Europa Conference League came out today. The draw, Hibs have drawn either Vikingur or Interclub Descalves for the second qualifying, Interclub Descaldes. So, yeah. That time of year, isn't it? Already, we're thinking of summer and holiday, but they have to get ready. It's an early start for Hibs. Yeah, and and, and every summer you go into it, and it probably even like last summer with the, the the Motherwell one, you're just you're just desperate for the just get past the clubs that you should be beating. Just get back if you, if it gets to the next round and you get drawn against a team from a major league and with a much bigger budget, much bigger club, and 
um, that's who knocks you out then but just get past this one get past this next round see what's next in sto- uh, store for you Kieran's been on a big Celtic fan from Lanarkshire saying Stephen where do you think the manager the new manager Brendan Rodgers is going to strengthen so well, yeah I, I mean I've mean, I thought about this obviously Brendan Rodgers plays a totally different way um, obviously Ange was all out attack um, got the ball forward quickly got the ball forward to the wingers quickly Brendan Rod- I'm played against Brendan Rodgers Celtic team quite a lot um, they like to have a lot of control in the game yep. they get the balls in the wing in a different way it's not so much kind of hitting the back's post uh, I mean Celtic did score, Celtic scored a type of goal under Ange it was almost they almost scored the exact same goal all yeah, the time. Sure. It was um Celtic under Brendan Rodgers with more control. I think they'll go I think they'll sign a defensive midfielder to play beside Callum McGregor. Yeah. I think they'll be whether it be Rio Tati maybe drops back. I think they'll have more control with the ball from deeper. I think they'll take more touches in the game, the midfielders. And I think they'll have more of a recognised um, number 10 whether that be Matt O'Reilly who you could improve. Yeah. There's a lot to improve in Matt O'Reilly's game. Do you think Matt stays? Because you know the old Celtic always say. I, I, think, yeah. I, I just think it's a type of managerial appointment that keeps him at a rally. Right. Do you think the players yeah, are saying? I, I do. Wow. I do. Yeah. I think if someone comes in an improving coach, and after a couple of weeks, the standards have dropped from Ange, and there's interest from England, maybe maybe now's the time to go. Why not stay with Brendan Rodgers? You've guaranteed Champions League football. And as I said, I've, I've spoken the show. I think there's a lot of players in that team that they'll be looking at Brendan Rodgers, thinking he can make me better. How will the Green Brigade react to it? I know they retweeted stuff from four years ago. I mean, that who who tweets it? Did, did the whole group tweet that? Mm. I'm sure within that group, it might be split on on that tweet getting put out. I mean, only one person can press the button. So, what you what you just hope when when the first game happens that right? Okay, you've made your point. Whoever's pressed that button and tweet, right? Okay, you've made your point. You've got the headlines, but you hope that that. That is gone for the first game. You get behind, like every team around the country. Every everyone hopes of having a good season. Don't start off the season with any sort of negativity because it's bad enough when the times aren't going well during the season. Well, it's positive Scotland-wise at the moment, isn't it? And this was the manager message to the players after the win last night. Thank you. Thanked them for their efforts. Thanked them for twelve points. Told them to enjoy themselves and see you in September. And thank everyone there and all the ground staff it was a remarkable performance Stephen we'll see you back next week that's you back full training and everything so you'll be back with us next week yes just getting ready for the League Cup section so yeah my season's underway what's your first game Um, Spartans away in the League Cup right the newcomers yeah yeah. unfortunately I mean it's a a ground I've not been to but it's um, last year we ended up at Bonnie Rig it was our first game in the as, as as a league team we've now so it's a, a banana skin for us but we need to start the season well it's uh, really important we get full kick out of the league this season you'll long remember this week though won't you with Scotland four games four wins 12 points and I wouldn't say can't wait for Cyprus because let's enjoy the summer and let's enjoy being on every night from five Stephen again thanks so much cheers Paul you'll be back next week tomorrow night it's going to be the former Rangers and Australian star Craig Moore who'll join us at five Zoe is up next after the news the Go Radio Football Show, bringing you the latest transfer news as the countdown to the new season gets underway. Let's go!